The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. Andy Rice with our Heroes and Zeros this evening. He joins us regularly on a Tuesday night um, to talk to us about the world of advertising. What's on your mind this evening, Andy, in terms of what you're seeing in the advertising sector at the moment? Good evening, Bruce. I hope you're well. Thank you. Um, I the, the story that's really crossed over from marketing and advertising into business over the last week, 10 days, has been the um, rebranding of the Russian and Ukrainian branches of uh, McDonald's uh, um, as part of the uh, the Western pressure to to get um, uh, the Russian government to acknowledge and and and, and to frankly see their economy damaged by the withdrawal of uh, a number of American companies and their brands. But the one that seems to stick out most obviously is, of course, McDonald's. So we're loving it is no longer available as a as a brand in in Russia. Um, instead, you will get Mukosno uh, Itochka, which means literally kind of tasty or delicious, pure and simple. Perhaps it hasn't quite got the same ring to Western ears, but uh, it's quite a significant development. One because it it reflects the the political situation where there is an an attempt to put external pressure onto the onto the Russian government through the medium of the withdrawal of certain uh, profitable and, and, ex- and extensive uh, brand operations. Uh, and in that regard, it's something like a proxy for the, for the war between um, the, uh, Russians through Ukraine and into the rest of the world. So we, we do find that there is a, quite a strong political dimension and perhaps the marketing dimension is by contrast uh, more modest, but the interesting factor about not having the golden arches, not having the Big Mac, not having any of the traditional symbols that were spread across 850 stores in Russia, um, and uh, uh, 60,000 employees of the of the chain in that country. Clearly, it's quite a significant commercial uh, effect as well, and. Um, what we're going to look at is how a product becomes a brand. So if we go back and revisit the situation in X year's time, how much will the the uh, the brand of McDonald's um, have, have mm. caused reductions in the, in the value and the worth of their new owners? I'm not sure what the name of the company that now owns the new owners are, but, but as I said, you know, they have that new slogan and then, then they go on to say that, um, the logo may change, but the love remains. <laughs> I'm not convinced about the logo. There was so much, uh, so much fanfare about McDonald's entering Russia, of course, in the post-Glasnost period. Um, and it's sort of become part and parcel of American imperialism in Russia. And people have fallen in love with the brand uh, McDonald's, as people do all over the world. And uh, I guess it was a desperate move by you know, a company that would have preferred, I'm sure, not to withdraw, um, but obliged to do so absolutely obliged to do so um and then uh, schools advertising andy this is something i i was i walked past a, a billboard the other day uh in santon for st Teresa's school and i it, it did occur to me um that schools don't advertise that much but you go onto the school website so maybe that's where the advertising has happened it's not an overt advertising certainly uh, schools spend an awful lot of money on you know 
punting themselves in social media, particularly places like uh, places like um, what's the one with the pretty pictures? Um, Instagram. There we go. You can tell I go there often. Um, Instagram and Facebook. They, they, you know, they've got an online presence, but you're talking about you know the need for schools, particularly the private ones, to show off their wares more obviously. Yeah, I mean, I haven't um, explored this in too much uh, detail, but it was it was triggered by a very substantial, glossy supplement that came out with the Business Day subscription issues today, which was effectively a directory of most of the, of the significant schools in the country, private sector, obviously. Um, and uh, I just thought to myself, here, I, as, as a parent, one is asked to fork out a very substantial amount of money for the fees to these schools. Um, and yet we treat the selection process rather differently to the way one would treat a decision across uh, um, you know, buying an expensive car or buying any asset that would involve about as much um, in terms of outlay as, as your school fees. And yet we don't, when it comes to schools, I believe, make much inquiry beyond word of mouth. Perhaps a little bit of, of local uh, information is available. Um, I worked on a campaign for uh, Future Nation Schools, which was uh, demonstrating to me that at least someone was out there trying to build a brand. But there doesn't seem to be much of that. The brand gets built by by default. And I just thought to myself, the comparison between the, the level of fees that you're paying and the information that those schools are, are wielding and, 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 and trying to get you to spend that money with them, seems that marketing is not one of the bridges between the two. It's more, as you say, it's Instagram or it's, it's word of mouth um, or it's just geography. They're the localist, the most local uh, <laughs> the brand localist. or else. The <laughs> localist, yes. I mean, not come across local, local and localist. It's a very, very easy and useful part of English grammar. Back to school for Andy Rice. Um, <laughs> uh, what do they say in advertising? Never work with, with children or animals. Um, but the Wall Street Journal has been talking about working with animals in advertising, isn't it? Um, is it has, have, have yes. attitudes changed? I don't think so. I was just curious um, and intrigued by the research that a journal like the Wall Street Journal should uh, conduct. Essentially, if you if you um, do a fly on the wall treatment with uh, creative departments and advertising agencies dreaming up the extraordinary new uh, campaign they're about to um, sell to their client, you'll find at some point that the debate goes through. Well, should we have should we have um, animals on board? And someone will say, Oh, yes, that's great. Nice, cuddly. More warm things to give the, our brand a lot of a lot of the right kind of stuff, and then the debate goes on. Well, should it be? How about dogs? No, I prefer cats. No, this is a voice in the back. It's got to be dogs, and so the debate goes on. They're both cuddly. They're both um, uh, shorthand for lots of nice things, but it, what should it be? A cat or a dog? That was the question that the Wall Street Journal voted to uh, to, to answer, and what they say is. Um, when they've done this major study and they've come back with the view that dogs are usually associated with eagerness and reward-seeking behaviors. Yes, I can understand that. The researchers found that those associations meant that consumers were more likely to respond to more, prof more promotional advertising that featured dogs. By that, they mean kind of below the line or buy me and get this sort of promotions that happen in store. By contrast, cats are usually associated with vigilance, which meant that consumers were more likely to respond to prevention-related ads that feature cats. 
Well, I'm not quite sure that would clarify the debate in the in the in the creative circle. But uh, what one American commentator suggested was, um, if success is any indication, use a gecko, which is a a reference to <laughs> Geico Insurance in America, which has become very very iconic. I suppose that means that we should be using a meerkat, or maybe going back to ISM days and having elephants in our advertising, that would be just as justified, but not quite as cuddly. No, exactly. Very difficult. Now listen, heroes and zeros. Uh, Toyota, for decades, has been the biggest seller in the country, and they've been overtaken in the slow lane. Yes, I must say that the um, uh, the, the headline that I saw in a newspaper that read um, along the lines of um, Make Way Toyota, Suzuki sells more cars than Toyota in South Africa. I thought, that cannot be, that cannot be. The, 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 the market leader with Volkswagen for so many years, surely Toyota hasn't been uh, usurped in, in sheer sales volume. Well, if you look at the, the figures as narrowly as possible, then they have been in the sense that for one month, Toyota sold more passenger cars, sorry, um, Suzuki sold more passenger cars than Toyota did by a relatively small margin. It, it's, it's obviously um, to... Toyota's detriment that they've not they've lost a lot of stock in the KZN floods, and they've obviously therefore got all the all the pipeline filling of stock to uh, still to come. So it's unlikely to be sustained. But I just thought it was nice and cheeky because I think that that what Suzuki have done very well is inject into their brands a sense of personality. They're quite funky. They're cool. The cool factor is is high. Um, that, what, what's that? What's that platform with with all the nice pictures? Yeah, and Instagram. That's the one. Is Instagram has lots of stuff on them. Uh, um, that's that, it's that kind of brand for those kind of people. And I think it's, it's they've done well to elevate Suzuki out of the, out of the price driven factor that their brands act, that their vehicles actually uh, live within to give them a, a, a veneer and a, and a, a patina of, of, of uh, professional coolness to a section of the market that previously was forced by price to make certain certain purchases only so well done suzuki i don't think you're going to be there for many for many months longer but you've done well to build the brand in a typically brand insensitive sector carpe diem they said and so suzuki did um your zero yeah it's just it's a, it's a little bit of a, a category zero because um i'm just been getting so frustrated by the the repetition of certain brands on television, certainly within the framework of the channels that I, I watch. And, and literally there are brands that, that are saying to themselves, if we, if we, if we flight these ads long enough and far enough and frequently enough, then surely they must work, which of course is, 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 is a naive misunderstanding of the way that advertising works. Um, I'm thinking of brands, um, like, uh, uh, Jacob's coffee like um, ClearScore, like ACC 600, um, Outsurance, Jacobs, did I mention Jacobs Coffee? You did. All of these. It happened so often, you had to repeat. We took them out of the... Sorry, Bruce, say again? It happened so often, they, you have to repeat it, yes. Yes, exactly. So, um, I, I just, I think probably the worst culprit of all would be ClearScore. It seems to me they've been running ads um, since... Lord knows when. Um, and what they're failing to realize is that the investment that they should be making with their massive budgets are not just in the media flighting costs, but if they invested more up front in the, uh, in the uh, creation of the idea, 
then they would find that, oh, hey, we don't actually have to fight it as often as we thought. And the lesson really is learned to the extreme. If we go back to the launch of Apple Macintosh, where they made one of the most expensive commercials ever and flighted it just once in, uh, in the American Super Bowl of 18, 1984. And it's been spoken about ever since, whatever that is, 30-something years. Andy Rice, Heroes and Zeros this evening on The Money.